This is the Spirit Duels Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Spirit Duels Podcast. This week, we're coming at you with a very special episode. I will be talking to Daniel, the creator of Spirit Duels, who you have gotten to know over these past few months. And uh, I'm just going to kind of ask him about his journey and looking back, a little bit of nostalgia and reminiscence in this episode. Daniel, are you looking forward to this? Yes, I am. I'm very hey, excited. <laughs> do you think you may shed a tear looking back? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe not literally, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> metaphorically, he'll be shedding tears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you suggested this to me, I was, I was pretty excited because I, I got to put my journalism cap on and, and create some open ended questions for you to answer. But before we get into these, is there anything you'd like to to kick off with? Uh, yeah, I mean, just for some context, this is the last episode we are recording before the Kickstarter goes live. Um, so we're recording today. It's the 20th. This episode will drop what tomorrow? Tomorrow the 21st. Yeah, the 21st and then and then we go live um that following Tuesday on the 26th. So um, that's kind of the context for everything, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a long journey. You know, I started posting on social media three years ago. I started developing the game or designing the game early 2019, started posting on social media late 2019. And since then, you know, we've had people following along, you know, and you know, that have stuck with us, you know, for, you know, three years now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that are just as excited as, you know, we are to finally see this thing go live. So here we are. <laughs> totally. Yeah, here we are. Yep. Now let's, let's take a look back and stroll down memory lane. From the, the start of this to right now, what do you think is like the best achievement that you've had in terms of the whole process? Um, oh man, just sticking it out, really. <laughs> honestly. Um, <laughs> Not giving up? Yeah, honestly. Um, because, you know, I, for those of you who don't know, like I, I run, I work for myself full time. Um, I run my own business outside of my uh, house. I run a laser engraver and, um, you know, that keeps me very busy. On top of that, I have two small kids and my wife is pregnant with our third child um, on the way. She's due in um, just over a month. Wow. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yep. So life is, you know, busy. And, um, you know, there have been a lot of times where as much as I've enjoyed working on Spirit Duels and have, you know, I've had fun with it, you know, there have been times where, you know, I've thought about, you know, I don't want to say, give, I don't want to say that because I, I think I've, I've always wanted to see it through, but there have just been a lot of times where it could have gotten really easy to just kind of put it on the back burner Fair. and, um, you know, to just see it through, you know, and, and the fact that we are launching in less than a week. Like that right there is just a huge achievement, you know, for me, you know, to, to mm-hmm. see this thing through 
we're about to launch. And um, you know, regardless of what happens with the Kickstarter, whether we fund or we don't, or you know, whether we overfund by a hundred, two, three, four hundred percent, you know, or or whether we don't fund at all, just the fact that the Kickstarter was launched and that, you know, people are interested in it for me, like that's a big accomplishment. So, um, Mm -hmm. whatever happens after that is, um, will be really awesome, hopefully. But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, just, just seeing this thing through has been great. So, so with that being said, you, you mentioned there's been times when you were debating putting on the back burner and I know as the games progressed, you've had some more people come on in various degrees of support roles Obviously, the listeners got introduced to JD, who's not only doing the lore, but also one of your best friends. Mm-hmm. Did uh, did having those support roles, I mean, I, I I guess I can consider myself in that category Absolutely. as well. Because we, we've been talking a lot before we, we got yep. into this actual medium of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Did you find when you brought people on or had people around you that could like poke you or ask you questions, you know, things like that, or you could, you could kind of bounce things off. Did did it make the process easier to stick with it compared to when you didn't, or did it not, it was just a part of the whole process in general? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before, so during, you know, throughout 2019, I was doing a lot of stuff locally, um, like play testing and things like that. And, um, you know, I've told this story before, so long story short, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, I couldn't do anything locally. Um, and so when, when we launched the Discord server, you know, and people like you and Travis, Nikhil, some of those other guys, when, when they joined on, um, it, it really, you know, was a big driving force, you know, to keep going. And not only just like people like you guys who became really involved, but just, you know, people that just tried out the game maybe once or twice and said, hey, this is awesome. I love it. You know, let me know when the Kickstarter goes. Just just knowing people and even smaller than that, even just people liking posts that I would put out on on Instagram or, you know, we would do like name contests for certain spirits like and people would get you know, engage with that kind of content and submit, you know, name ideas for spirits, just all that kind of stuff. Anytime somebody, someone would engage with the content we were putting out or try the game or even be as involved as, you know, people like you and Travis, Mm -hmm. all that, you know, was like, you know, just such like an encouragement, you know, keep going, keep iterating, you know, keep, trying different things designing a game is hard (laughs) it's very hard yeah um and i think a lot of people have this ambition to do something like that and if you do do it but just know it's not easy um it's very hard and it's a lot of work so that's a perfect segue to my next question and that is from you conceiving the game until this point we're about to launch on kickstarter what has been your single greatest challenge? Yeah, I guess just uh hmm that that's kind of that's a hard question, but it's a good question. I'm I'm trying to not just give like a vague answer like, you know, balancing the game is, you know, been the hardest thing, but 
I mean, that could be the hardest thing. Was it, was is that been the most difficult part of the whole process? Is constantly yes. having to tweak and over tweaking or under tweaking and and just the trial and error of it all. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think we've mentioned this before, but you know, balancing the game in the context of there being nine different classes, each class has essentially three different characters or spirit lines Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. a total of nine different spirits, but, you know, three different spirit lines to choose from. Each class has its own unique ability that is resolved off random randomness um, and variability, you know, with six sided dice, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is, uh, was a huge challenge, you know, to, to make, you know, making those things feel balanced, making them feel fun, impactful was a big challenge. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And and making them feel thematic, all that kind of stuff. Big, big, big challenge. Totally. And now, now that you've gone through all those challenges, like what, what is the, I guess the lesson that has stuck with you from all that. Is there, is there something like, cause I know you've mentioned and you've dropped on here, the fact that you want to expand the spirit duels universe into other games and other, you know, things that go along with just this first spirit duels game. What is the best lesson that you're going to take from this first shot at it and move on to the next things you're working on? Um, probably, uh, just open-mindedness, you know, and, and just being open to try many things regardless of what, you know, regardless of what you think is good or, or bad. And Do you mean, you know, is what you're saying by that, is that like, as you went through this, there were ideas you had and then you're like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. So you just never bothered trying it. And then later you came back to it and we're like, oh, let's give it a try. And then it yielded results you weren't expecting is that why you say that exactly that yeah okay. that's exactly what i mean yeah so so many times i would have you know i just knew something wasn't going to work or you know even on the other hand you know i, I had something in the game that i loved you know that i thought you know was really cool and i was kind of mm-hmm. lying to myself like this works and it's okay <laughs> right, but in reality, right. it didn't work and it wasn't okay. And so just right. being open-minded to that kind of stuff and, and allowing the game to change as it needs to. And on that, like just listening to playtesters, you know, and, you know, they are your most valuable asset. Whenever playtesters give feedback, you know, just listening to that and being open to that regardless of your own opinions. Okay. I like that. Now... <laughs> What is like, you must have a really good memories of everything that's happened. Is, is there like a moment that really sticks with you? You're just kind of like, oh, when I look back, if if there's going to be a magic moment of creating this game, this was the one moment that I was just like, okay, I'm so grateful I'm doing this. Hmm, so grateful I'm doing that, doing this. Like for, for me, again, just like, it was just, it's always just so rewarding to to have people, you know, give affirmation and say like, Hey, this is cool. This is fun. I love this. So in any time, like people would play the game or try the game and then like, you know, actually say they like it. It's like (laughs) as simple as that is, it's just so, I guess, fulfilling and, you know, like rewarding. 
But um, I remember like specifically, like as far as like game design goes, um, one of my favorite things about Spirit Duels is the way presence works. Um, which is, you know, whenever one of your spirits is defeated, you flip its card over and it and it's, you know, it, it becomes like a weaker version of itself. I like and to call it, it the ghost form. Yep. It, yep. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It basically becomes a ghost on the battlefield and it, its presence, you know, lingers on the battlefield, um, aiding and supporting its allies and instead of just being removed from play. Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite you know, mechanisms in the game. And I, I remember, I remember specifically when that idea came to me and, you know, when it first came to me, it it was a lot different than what it is now. Um, but just when that happened and when that idea happened, um, you know, we were trying to come up with like a catch up mechanic, which in theory, that's what it is. You know, it keeps a player from, uh, just snowballing into a victory, you know, so if you're doing really good and you're knocking out my spirits, you're getting closer to victory by knocking out your my spirits. And n- not only are you getting closer to victory, but I'm getting weaker, making it even harder for me to catch up. Mm-hmm. But But because my spirits aren't just completely removed from the game, they they stay in play, it creates this you know, natural catch-up mechanic that maybe not necessarily a catch-up mechanic, but it keeps me in the game. Right. As another layer. Yep. When that happened, when when that idea came to me, it was just like this big light bulb, you know, and it, it felt cool. It felt thematic. And um, I can look back and say that that was one of my favorite moments that one of, just one of those aha moments like, you know, hey, this is awesome. This is cool. It's thematic. And yeah, ever since then, it's kind of just stuck as one of my favorite game mechanisms. That's awesome. Yep. I was going to share, like, through my experience with the game, it yeah. trips me out that I've never at any point in time felt like, oh, this feels like janky. You know, like, this feels like someone created a game. It's, it's always felt exactly like polished card games I've been playing. Like, it never, ever didn't feel that way. It was just, like it was just a balanced thing that existed within the game. It was never like, yeah. oh, this is silly or this doesn't make sense, anything like that. The whole time I've been playing, and I think I've seen quite a few changes since I came on. Yeah. But I've always been just like, wow, this feels like the core was always good right from the get for me since I came on. And and I have to say, like, it's been it's been really cool to think about like how I've gotten to play through so many iterations, through like different dice, different spirits, different powers, different money being used and to the point where we're at now i mean i'm gonna be honest i loved the presence before this form because you just had these like god tier 20 dice piles this <laughs> felt like that you could just god roll and then just be like ggs yeah. <laughs> with one spirit yeah, and they have yeah. three like stuff like that would occur but this what you've done with the presence thing i think thematically makes so much sense balance makes so much sense and then even just like the that ghost form art looks so cool on the board and so i just yeah have to say kudos man for for that because it's it's always felt like a finished game to me it never felt like this is weird like i don't enjoy this like it was you had a good foundation from the start yeah that's that's cool man yeah and see that's exactly what i mean just like hearing that it just feels so good 
And I, I will say, <laughs> I will caveat that and say there were definitely iterations that were not fun. They just happened before, uh, you know, before you got your hands on it. Um, <laughs> I remember, like, for anyone who is familiar with X-Wing, are you familiar with no. Star Wars uh, X-Wing? Not. Okay, so there's other games that do this. I just can't think of any, but there's this really cool, like, hidden uh, movement um system in the game where you kind of you you you're controlling these Star Wars ships. It's like a dogfight game. And each one of your ships, you know, you have like this little dial that you pick what movement the ship is going to make. Um and you're doing this and your opponent can't see what you're going what you're going to do. And so you're simultaneously doing this. Both you and your opponent are choosing which movements your ships are going to make at the same time. And then you lay them face down and then you kind of reveal them or something like that. I, it's been years mm-hmm. since I've played. Yeah. Um, but I always, I always like was a huge fan of the way that worked. There was like this whole speed um, stat that determined like the order in which ships would move. <laughs> Anyways, if you know X-Wing, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I may have just, you know, confused you. But basically, um, early on, I had this idea like that, you know, kind of similar to X-Wing and even similar to Pokemon that spirits would have like this speed stat, which would determine the order in which they would activate. And so, like, instead of like spending an action to you know, activate your spirits, you would pick a card, which was, you know, your cards were like your attacks or moves, which is what they are now. You would pick an attack for each one of your spirits and you would assign it to them like face down. And both players would do this simultaneously. And then like when it was time to, you know, activate or you know, attack with your spirits or whatever, your cards would be revealed based on the spirit stat. So like a really fast spirit would act first. Anyways, this, the, the idea sounds interesting, but it was a mess and it was not fun. (laughs) It it wasn't (laughs) fun at all. (laughs) Um, so anyways, I'm actually working on, you know, just for a little teaser here. I'm I'm working on trying to implement that idea again with another game set in the Spirit Duels world. Um, and I think this time around, it, it's working a little bit better. Um, it's still insanely super early. Um, but anyways, that, that idea may uh, show its face again in the world of Spirit Duels, but who knows. Anyways, all that to say... It wasn't always fun, but um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I it's not, the concept does sound really cool, and I can see. I, I like the thematic quality it presents. Yeah, so I'm excited to see how it manifests in this next uh, this next phase two of the Spirit Duels world. Yeah, hopefully, so, man. Hopefully. Yeah. I, hey, I think it'll happen. Um, to round off this episode. What advice would you give to other people who have the dream of creating their own game now that you've gone from conception to ironing everything out to having something you're proud of 
to now launching on Kickstarter. If you could give any advice and and it don't be don't give up. I want like some actual like tangible like advice. Yeah, yeah cuz <laughs> I would say I want don't a motivational give up. <laughs> speech. I want I want yeah. like the nitty-gritty technical advice that people should be should be listening to. Sure. So I kind of think that unintentionally this whole entire episode has been advice for <laughs> you know people that wanting to dabble in game design you know don't give up listen to your play testers be open minded yeah. all that c- cool stuff so with all that being said um you know the motivational side of it i you know i'm huge on daydreaming i've even named um you know my business you know Daydream Based gaming. on that, yep, Daydream Gaming, yep. So follow follow your dreams, you know, don't give up, be ambitious, chase all that. But as practically speaking, I will say, like, do, do what works for you. And so what that means is, like, when I started on this, I was reading, like, every blog, listening to every podcast, watching every YouTube video about game design, the do's and don'ts, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, as, and especially in the context of Kickstarter, like, you know, I was, I've, I think I've read every single blog, blog post by Jamie Stegmeier. Um, you know, I was consuming so much content and I had to like learn over the course of this entire process that, you know, what worked for some people doesn't, didn't always work for me. And I had to learn, like, you know, how to filter that out and just kind of, like, be a pioneer for myself. Mm. Um, and basically, like, so so a practical example of this is, like, anyone in game design will tell you, like, do not commission art until your game is finalized and your cards are finalized or else you'll end up wasting money. And I will say that that is excellent advice, except it didn't really work for me because I, I found that I really, um, I, I really um, was able to um, fully pursue certain things mechanically after seeing some of the art come to life and after seeing some of the spirits come to life. Um, and, you know, that did cost me a little bit of extra money. I, I did end up wasting, I don't want to say wasting because some of those art assets will hopefully still be used in the future. But I did end up commissioning art pieces that won't end up in the final game. But for me, that was worth it because I learned that part of my process, my own personal process with designing a game comes from like seeing art and seeing these ideas come to life the inspiration from the visual element yep and you know and take that for a grain of salt because that might be awful advice to someone (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know the, the the real nugget there is do what works for you you know again i had a million voices saying do not commission art do not commission art do not commission art but for me i found that you know, it really helped me. It really motivated me to kind of keep going. It, it created new ideas and all this kind of stuff. So anyways, that that's what I would say. Do what works for you. Um, 
Do what you're comfortable doing. Don't be afraid to, you know, take things slow and, um, and, and get stuff posted on the internet, you know, start an Instagram account, start a TikTok, um, a blog, a website, whatever, you know, and just start creating content, a YouTube channel, just whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. create content, build a following. And, um, because your followers, the people, you Whatever idea you have, there is going to be, there are going to be people out there in the world that like your idea and they want to support you um, way before they, you know, want to give you money or, you know, back your project on Kickstarter or anything like that. They just want to see your idea. You know what I mean? And they want to help mm-hmm. you. They want to test your game. They want to give you feedback on art. And none of that will ever be possible. That You won't give people the chance to help you until you actually start putting your ideas out there. So, um, yeah, that's kind of two in one, you know. I like it. No, it's great. Yeah, do what works for you and, and you know, be open. Put, put your stuff, put your ideas out on the internet somehow. Create a way for people to see your ideas because there are going to be people that like your ideas and they want to support you. Fantastic. Yep. I think that's a perfect point to end this episode. And folks, if you're listening on Tuesday, go support the Kickstarter when it comes. We will definitely have links for that available to you. And why not tell a friend? Tell a friend to go support and then yeah. tell a friend to tell a friend. Yep, that's, yep. that's how this this works. It's going to be through community and through your own passion for the game being spread amongst those like-minded individuals in your life. So be sure to do so. Yeah. And uh, I'll just thank everyone for tuning in up until this point. We're, we're this is not the end of the podcast. We got more to come. We're going to get into mm-hmm. some, some fun things now that we've uh, we've gone through the whole start to finish and we get to actually talk to you about how we played the game a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to say thank you as well, uh, to, to our listeners, um, to everyone who has, you know, I think I started this episode out with a little bit of this, but everyone who has been following on Instagram, everyone who's joined the discord server has been engaged in the contest. We've run all that kind of stuff, you know, seriously, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Without all of your support and encouragement, like this probably wouldn't be happening. So I really appreciate it. I'm excited for Tuesday, and I hope to see you all there on Tuesday. Fantastic. All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode. We will get at you next week, hopefully with some uh, interesting Kickstarter updates. And until then, have a fantastic week. We will see you next time. You've been listening to the Spirit Duels podcast. To become part of this game, join us in our Discord. Link in the show notes.